Praise God. Welcome to everyone tonight. If you are a guest, we are glad to have you in service with us tonight. If you're watching us online, we welcome you wherever you may be joining us from. Give honor to our Bishop and Mother Wright tonight. Praise God. And, uh, once again, Bishop was supposed to be ministering this week, but he had a, uh, a tooth dug out, not just pulled, dug out. So he is resting and recovering from that. So um, again, he was supposed to minister tonight, so that's why he is not. I, I want to read a verse to you as just sort of a starting point. It's not really the focus, but it really leads in. I, I, I have been, and I really, I've, I've communicated it several times lately, whether in preaching or whatever. I, I am just, I am burdened, I am concerned about where we are and the need for us to be committed not to to a church, not to a church, but a need to be committed to the Word of God. I've said it numerous times, I will say it again as I get into this, there, there is an attack and it's no longer just the world even within the broad spectrum of Christianity, an uprising against the Word of God. <laughs> and we are not immune to it. We are not exempt from it. So let me just, again, starting point, Jeremiah 12 and 5, the Scripture says, If you have run with the footman, and they have wearied thee, how can you contend with horses? If in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? The Amplified says, the, the Lord's rebuke, But the Lord rebukes Jeremiah's impatience, saying, If you have raced with men on foot, and they have tired you out, how can you compete with horses? And if you take to flight in a land of peace where you feel secure, then what will you do when you tread the tangled maze of jungle haunted by lions in the swelling and flooding of the Jordan? If you can't run with the footman, how are you going to keep up with the Horsemen. Father, thank you for your wonderful presence in this place tonight. Thank you for what you have done, God. I believe with all of my heart you have imparted some very important, significant things to some lives in this place tonight, and I thank you for that. Again, God, may not be what we want, but it is what we need, and thank you for giving us what we have need of. I pray, God, now in the remainder of this service that you would speak, Lord. God, I desire to simply be a conduit that you can speak through. I want to be a vessel you can use to say what you would want to say, Lord. Trust you for your anointing, Father, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Quickly, just again, context. To give some context, Adam Clark says with regards to this verse, if the smallest evils to which you are exposed cause you to make so many bitter complaints, how will you feel when in the course of thy prophetic ministry you be exposed to much greater from enemies much more powerful? Footmen may here be the symbol of common evil events, Horsemen of evils which more, which of much more terrible. If you have sunk under small difficulties, what will you do when great ones come? If in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, I believe the meaning is, if in a country now enjoying peace thou scarcely thinkest thyself in safety, what will you do in the swellings of Jordan? In the time when the enemy, like an overflowing torrent, shall deluge every part of the land. The overflowing of Jordan, which generally happened in harvest, drove the lions and other beasts of prey from their coverts among the bushes that lined its banks. That's a really tempting point to get off on. In the time of harvest, the lions and the beasts of prey came out from hiding. Hello. Anyway, I'll leave that with you. Who spreading themselves through the country made terrible havoc, slaying men and carrying off the cattle. If you can't be faithful to your walk with God, your relationship with God, the house of God, when things are essentially at peace, what are you going to do when the real chaos comes? You can't stay faithful to God when you've got a few friends, a few backsliders pressing on you to change what you believe. You can't be true to the Word when your co-workers are giving you a hard time. If you can't stay true to the Word of God when you're immersed in public school and you're on college campuses with all that's going on there, if you can't stay true to it with that pressure, what are you going to do when the government steps in and says, I love what's been in the, I love what's been in this place tonight. I'm assuming you do too. I, I guess it's part of the reason I like being apostolic. Because of what happened here tonight. I love the moving of the presence of God. I love worship. I love the ministry of the Spirit. But that is not what's going to keep you grounded. When the horsemen come, that's, that's not going to be the great service you felt or had on Sunday. It's not going to be the wonderful presence of God that we had here tonight that is going to be the thing that causes you to say, it doesn't matter what it costs me, it doesn't matter what I have to face, I'm going to hang on to what I believe. If all we have is a commitment to what we've experienced tonight without a biblical foundation and basis for it, we will, like so many others, at some point let it go. Thank you for the confirmation, Brother Mott. Brother Mott's over here quoting the verse I'm about to read. 
Folks, we, we, it's, it's not just out there. It's in here. It's in the church. We are being pressured. We are being challenged. We are being pressured to go with what mainstream society is saying. If we couldn't 10, 15, 20 years ago hold to the truth that we believe the Word of God says when there really wasn't that much opposition from society, what are we going to do over the next few years? I I don't know about you, but my flesh says I I hope that we don't get a president that comes in and, and, and all kind of laws get, start getting made against us. And I, I mean, I know a bunch of you are great heroes of faith, but I gotta tell you, I got some flesh. My flesh says I really don't want to go to jail. I mean, I know we got some men and women, bless God, you're ready to go. You can have my spot. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not volunteering to go. I hope it doesn't happen. My flesh hopes that I'm not faced with the decision. But my spirit also hopes that if I am faced with the choice, that what I have is deep enough that I didn't, that I not only kept up with the footman, but I'm also going to keep up with the horseman because this is not just the social club I have chosen to hang out with. You are not just the people I've chosen to spend my life with, but I am here because I have been planted here by God. And I've been, there are some things that have been put in my spirit that to me are not just church doctrines, but they are revelations and truths that I hold to be self-evident. Oh, Jesus. I, 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 whatever I'm doing, teaching, preaching, I don't know what it is. I'm supposed to be teaching. I'm trying to do that. I feel a little bit of, I guess it's treaching, if nothing else. We'll just combine the two. But I, I, I'm, I'm talking to some folks tonight. You, you, you're, you're struggling with just the pressure of peers. You're struggling with the pressure of those that used to be a part of us that are no longer a part of us that you still have connections with that are putting pressure on you that all this isn't necessary. If you can't handle that, you can't handle that the way it appears we may be heading as a society, as a country, one nation under God, good old America. If, if, if we're going the way we get some indicators we're going, if you can't handle that, you mean to tell me you're going to hold to this when you're facing persecution? I guess what I'm challenged by sometimes is I read the stories here, the stories that you do, of people that I consider to not necessarily have the whole truth. That have willingly suffered for something that I consider. I think we, but I'll just stay I for now, consider not even to be the full. Hebrews 10, and this is really the verse, the passage that I first felt directed to for tonight. Again, the previous was just the foundation. Hebrews 10, 21 says, And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. 
full assurance that what we believe is right and true. Full assurance that God is real and God is in control and God is sovereign and God's promises are true. Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And really, this verse is the primary verse I want you to see. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without. Somebody say without. Without wavering. For He is faithful that promise. I am holding fast the profession of faith without wavering. And my basis for doing that is He is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as some as, as the manner of some is but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much the more. As you see the day approaching, is it, is it any wonder? It should not be all that amazing that so much of Christianity is going to less and less getting together. When the Scripture said, when you see the day approaching, don't get together less. Get together more. Whether that's at a church service, or that's a care group, or that's just some believers getting together to spend time encouraging and lifting one another up. Don't cut out our gathering together Amp up our getting together as you see the day approaching. Could it be that one of the reasons he said that is because he knew as the day approached, the pressure and the opposition and the difficulty we face would be more and more. And so the best chance we have to make it through that is for us to be regularly connecting and encouraging and ministering to each other. Amplified says it this way, and since we have such a great and wonderful and noble priest who rules over the house of God, let us come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith, by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without ravering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For He who promised is reliable, sure, faithful to His Word. Seize, hold fast, and retain without wavering. The word profession means this. It is profession or confession. It is one, it is what one professes. I want you to see the root word here because a profession, a confession can be such that I think in most contexts there's really not a whole lot of obligation to it. We can profess. 
I mean, just simple example, uh, 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 an athlete who's about to face free agency can profess all kinds of stuff. And then when it comes down to where they sign, they can make some kind of completely different decision than what they profess. And so look at the, the, the root word here means to assent, but i.e. it means covenant. When we are born again, we enter into covenant with Him. So not just hold fast the profession, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Not hold fast to that kind of profession. Hold fast, hold on to the covenant. I've got more than I am definitely going to read, and as always, I've included some in case somebody wants notes for further study and reading. But I I want to read to you a little bit here, just to give you a little context of, of this idea of faith. Matthew Henry says this, The apostle exhorts to hold fast the profession of their faith, in verse 23. Here observe, number one, the duty itself. To hold fast the profession of our faith. To embrace all the truths and ways of the gospel. To embrace all the truths and ways. There is no cut button for your Bible. There is no word processor for you to go through and cut out what you don't like. Or what now becomes uncomfortable to us in society. Well, let's just take that out because there's too much pressure. Let's just get rid of that because it's too difficult. You are, we are supposed to embrace all the truths and ways of the gospel. To get fast hold of them and to keep that hold against all temptation and opposition. Help us, Jesus. Our spiritual enemies will do what they can to wrest our faith and hope and holiness and comfort out of our hands, but we must hold fast our religion as our best treasure. We must hold fast the Word of God as our most prized possession. Oh, Jesus. Number two, the manner in which we must do this without wavering, without doubting, without disputing, without dallying, without temptation to apostasy. Having once settled these great things between God and our souls, we must be steadfast and immovable. Those who begin to waver in matters of Christian faith and practice are in danger of falling away. The challenge in 2016, I'm not sure we consider people that they fall away. They just sort of change churches, change what they believe. That's really not the biblical term for what happens. The motive, number three, a reason enforcing this duty. He is faithful that hath promised. God has made great and precious promises to believers and He is a faithful God. True to His Word. There is no falseness or fickleness with Him. There is no fickleness with God. I don't care how fickle 
society is. I don't care how much changing goes on. God remains the same. He will always be the same. His faithfulness should excite and encourage us to be faithful. And we must depend more upon His promises to us than upon our promises to Him. I like that. Because I have not always kept my promises. But thankfully, He always keeps His. And we must plead with Him the promise of grace sufficient. I'm just going to read one line from this. Adam Clark says, with regards to this profession of our faith, it implies the general consent that was among Christians on all the important articles of their faith and practice. All. All. I'm telling you, I think most of you know it. Maybe there's a few of it that you're blessed enough, you're naive to it. And so I'm just trying to let you know tonight, we, 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 there, is such an, there is such an attack against the Word of God. And, and again, the, the, I guess what really is troubling me so much right now is it's not just the world. We've got to make up our minds to hold Fast. That word fast means, this isn't the Greek word, it's just my word. It means get a grip and don't let go. Listen to this. The, the word without wavering comes from one Greek word. Not leaning. It means firm. Not inclining. Firm. Unmoved. So we are supposed to hold fast the profession of our faith without leaning. Here's my faith. Here's my belief. Here's my understanding of the principles of the Word of God. But there's a few things over here. I'm just, you know, I mean, we, this, this is what we have, but I'm just not so sure... You know what, I know there's plenty of guys here that are strong enough to do this. But for the most part, I could stand here with somebody pushing on me and maintain my footing as long as I got both feet on the ground. The moment I start to lean, it takes a whole lot less to get me to go when I'm leaning than it does when I am standing holding fast. When I've got my foot on the rock and my mind made up. Though I walk through the lonely valley and I drink from the bitter cup. When the devil... Some of y'all don't know it, I'm, I'm quoting a song. A couple of you do, but... Some of y'all, that's good preaching, brother, right? Well, it's kind of, I'm just quoting right now. When the devil comes a-knocking, showing me an easier way, I stand right flat on my feet. I throw my head in the air. I look him straight in the eye. I say, my foot is on the rock, and I got my mind made up. 
No matter who comes and no matter who goes, I got my foot on the rock and my mind made up. No matter what new revelation somebody gets different than what I understand to be the truthfulness of the Word of God, I'm going to hold fast. I got my foot on the rock and I got my mind made up. I'm not leaning. Oh, Jesus. I say, can I just pause for a moment? It really wasn't I came to do. It didn't intend. But I challenge every person that's in, in college or you're in school. You, you better get a grip on the Word. Because if you don't have a grip on the Word, the enemy knows how to desensitize us to stuff. I don't. I don't believe. I, I don't believe. I, I, I don't believe the devil is completely in control of what is produced on television and the movies. But I, I do believe he has influenced it. And long before this country was willing to embrace some changes in our morality, we had watched for years. We got exposed on television sitcoms where homosexuality was portrayed as normal and we became more and more used to it and more and more comfortable with it to the point we now are where we are as a society and it's okay. We, we started getting, I say we, I didn't say them, I say we because I've heard apostolics that some of those shows were their favorites. You sit and watch where that's portrayed. You are desensitizing yourself and becoming more and more acceptable of it, to it. I'll tell you what God says. Here I go. I don't want to go to jail. Lord have mercy. I don't think I can yet, but who knows what's coming. You don't change what's an abomination. You don't legislate what is, an, is or is not an abomination. If it was, it is. And I'm here, let me just get on. If this is Thursday night, it's us. I don't know who's watching, but it's us. All this MCM and WCW. Man crush Monday and women crush Wednesday. If you're a male posting another female, you're going down a dangerous road. And if you're a woman posting a picture of some female on Woman, woman Crush Wednesday, you are. You guys want to play around and act effeminate, fooling around, you're starting down a dangerous path. There's some things you might mess around with a little bit, but you don't open the door to an abomination. I'm a, I'll just be real transparent with you. Years ago, years ago, every now and then, I'd mess around a little bit and say, you know. But it's been a number of years, and I got convicted. I'm, be, I'm being straight up. I got convicted. I shouldn't be messing around with something God has so clearly defined.
Well, I'm just playing around, but there's some things you don't play with. I'm just fool. There's some things you don't fool with. Because fooling with them is the first step to embracing them. You start playing with it and getting a little bit more comfortable, and then you think you can handle a little bit more and more until next thing you know, you've opened a door you can't shut. Oh, hallelujah. Hold fast. The profession of our faith without way. I am not leaning. There's nothing to draw me away from the eternal principles of the Word of God. By God's grace, and I know most of you, hopefully all of you, but most of you feel the same way tonight. By God's grace, no, one, no matter what the future holds, I trust there will be enough grace at any moment that I need it that I will decide to hang on to the eternal principles of the Word of God no matter what the cost. Hold fast. I, 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 am a, I know this is Thursday night. I know it's Thursday night, but I... I got to be honest with you, the, the pastoral heart of me a lot of times is deeply concerned that the majority of us do not have enough of a solid foundation of our own personal knowledge and understanding to keep us through the storms. It is not good enough for you to believe what Antioch the Apostolic Church preaches is right. It's not good enough for you to be a faithful, dedicated, committed member because you trust that the leadership is teaching and preaching. That's all well and good, and I appreciate the respect, but the psalmist said, Thy word have I, have I, have I hid in my heart. How many of you really understand that what we do in that tank back there is not just the apostolic formula for the apostolic church. But there are some things that are in that. Not only does it take us back to the book of Acts and what Jesus said, but we can take you all the way back to the book of Genesis and tie you into stuff from the very beginning of time. Well, this group all says, accept the Lord as your personal Savior. And then, you know, the apostolics say you got to be baptized in Jesus' name and fill the Holy Ghost. And so this is their formula, and that's their formula. Absolutely not. And it's not just simply about the fact that Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Paul said, I declare to you the gospel. It's the death, it's the burial, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that takes us all the way back to the Old Testament, to some things that happened with the children of Israel and with Abraham and all that stuff. you you, you, you got to have an understanding for yourself. You're not going to face the pressure of the horsemen just because, well, a bishop, I know bishop's got it. I know he's studying, he's got the word, I know he's got it all down. Listen, I've been, I've been very transparent, I continue to say this because I'm trying to help somebody. I hope I'm not hurting myself by saying this, but I, I, I can't, I, he you, used to, I, I think he actually did this, I may just be making it up, but I think I can, he actually at times in the past, you know, when, 
and some of y'all have no idea, but some have been around for a while, especially if you were an aspiring minister, a Thompson chain reference Bible. If you had a Thompson chain, there was a little bit of extra. Y'all have, all y'all know about is version Bible and Olive Tree and y'all don't know nothing about, I got mine on the shelf in the office, it's still sacred. He sit there sometimes quote scripture, it's, it's on this side of the page, on this page, number not, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I, I struggle with giving you chapter and verse reference on everything, but I know the verses. I, I'm not promoting that, please, I'm not promoting that. And I'm not saying I don't know any of the references. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying like the bishop, my dad, I, I mean the man is, I know I, he's probably watching. Doesn't matter if he's watching right now or not. He'll watch later. Not. I, I know I, he is so humbled to credit the Holy Ghost for everything, and I appreciate that. And I know he believes that. But I'll, the man is just—he's smart. I, the Holy Ghost don't anoint him to know the starting lineup for the Orioles and the Ravens and Navy and Maryland. <laughs> that ain't the Holy Ghost. I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm trying to help somebody. You, you, may, you may be like, again, I, I, I want to make it clear because I'm not telling you I know all verses and no idea where they are. That's not what I'm saying. But, but there's a bunch of them. I got some foundational ones. I know exactly where they are. But there's a whole lot of other ones that I also know I can't tell. I, I need my phone to get there real quick. But I know them. I know exactly what they say. So whether you can be like Bishop and some others here and you got it, book, chapter, verse, page, number, Thompson, chain, which side of the page, so be it. Whether you're like that or you're like me or somewhere else along the spectrum, the bottom line is every single individual in this place needs your own personal revelation, understanding of the principles of the Word of God. Got to hold fast. Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fall, fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator, a profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. I got a bunch of commentary. I'm not even going to take the time to read it. Good stuff. If you want it, I'll give it, share it with you. But he says this, any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Be careful of the root of bitterness that may spring up among you and then affect many of you. The, the, the defense against that is not great worship. 
the defense against the root of bitterness springing up and defiling many is not great burden bearing. It's not good praise team. It's not good programs. It's not good services. What's going to keep you from being defiled is holding fast the profession of your faith. Because when something comes along that is a root of bitterness, if I've got some word that I'm holding on to, something is going to rise up inside of me and say, you know what, that's not right. It may sound okay in some ways, but it's just not right. I watch, I'm winding down. I'm not going to go much longer. I, I want to, it's not the, really my focus, but I do want to just touch on it for a moment. Verses we read in the beginning. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Peter, in the story, Mark chapter 14, it's in a couple of the other gospels as well, but Mark 14 and 46, it says, They laid their hands on him and took him. That's speaking of Jesus. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And we know in the book of John, it's Peter. They've come, I want you to get the picture for a moment. They've come to take Jesus away. There's a group of people that have come to take Jesus away. There is opposition that has come. And Peter is standing there beside Jesus, close by Jesus, pulls a sword. And and he told, he said it, I'll fight with you till the death. And, and standing there beside him, he is ready to fight against the odds. So he takes a swipe and cuts the ear of the priest, or servant of the high priest, cut off his ear. Again, he wasn't trying to cut his ear off. He was swinging, and that guy was ducking. <laughs> and swiped the ear. He was... he. He showed, I'm ready to fight. Let's go. I'm right here with you, Jesus. Let's do it. Jesus picks up the ear, puts it back on, goes off with him. And listen, listen to what happens. They led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And now watch what, watch what happened with Peter. He followed. He followed, but he followed him afar off. And it's in the next few verses where he's standing there and people begin to say, you're one of his followers, you were with him, and he starts to deny. That's a pretty big change to go from pulling your sword, ready to fight to the death, to now simply standing around in a group of probably, I would imagine, less threatening people and now saying, not me. I don't know him. I've got nothing to do with him. Not a part of him. What, was, what, what changed? What changed between him fighting and him denying? only thing I see is a difference of space. only change I see is space. 
when he was beside him, when he was beside him, he was ready to fight with the death. But when he started following from afar, there was too much stuff that started getting in the way. You better stay close. If you're going to hold fast the profession of your faith, you better stay close. You better not decide, you know, I'm going to follow, but I'm going to create a little bit of distance just to see what happens. I think maybe, I don't know, I just imagine part of Peter's philosophy or idea was, I'm going to follow him because if I, if, I, if I follow but maintain some distance, if things don't go well, and I'm far enough away, I can just slide on back. Of course, you reverse that and we get a word that isn't too good. Slide back, back, slide. Yeah. Or, if suddenly Jesus calls down angels from heaven, he was close enough, he could have just popped up in there. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. There was enough space that he could hedge his bet. If it goes bad, I ain't losing nothing. If it goes good, I can step right in. And Hey, I've been here all along. Of course, it didn't quite go the way he would hope. And he said, I don't know him. You can't hold fast from afar off. You can't hold fast from a distance. If you are going to hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering, you've got to get close and hold on and hang on. And it's the will of God, it's God's intent that I don't do that all by myself. I'm not supposed to be an island that I stand all by myself and hold out until the end. But God gave us permission, if I could put it that way, to realize I need, sometimes you're going to lean on me, and other times I'm going to lean on you. But I'm going to make sure I'm close enough that I'm leaning in the right direction, and I'm not becoming weak and leaning away from. I want you to stand if you would. It's 15 minutes before bewitching hour. We have enough time to pray. I want you, if you would, I want us just right where you are, no altar call, not inviting you to come. Would you join me just for a few moments right now? And I want us as individuals, as individuals, to ask God to help us to hold fast the profession of our faith. That no matter what the future holds, no matter what comes our way, that we would have the grace, the strength, the determination to hold fast and not let go. Father, I pray that you would help us. I'm asking you to help me tonight, God. That you would give me the grace, the strength, Lord, to hold fast to the profession of my faith without wavering, without leaning in another direction, without leaning and contemplating compromise and letting go but to stand firm and to hold my ground. 
Father, I'm asking you to help us tonight, every individual in this place. God, every individual that's not here tonight, but's a part of this church. God, that you would strengthen, that you would empower us, that you would give us the individual personal revelation, knowledge that we need to be able to hold fast the profession of our faith, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situations we may face. God, give us the grace that we would not just follow from afar and maintain a distance of space, of safety and caution, but we would stand fully, firmly embracing, God, You, Your Word, the principles of Your Word, that no matter what happens in the world we're in, society, the church, religion, God, give us the grace to hold fast the profession of our faith. Not just the religion, not just hold fast to apostolic doctrine as a form of religion, not to just hold fast to apostolic doctrine as, as the belief system that we have, but to hold fast to the Word, Your Word, the unchanging, forever settled Word. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. I, I want to say it one more time because it's not, I didn't write it. There, there's some really, I think, some very helpful, challenging stuff that I did not share that are in these notes. I would encourage you. All you got to do is email me. I'm happy to share them with you. I believe it would be a blessing to you in the context of tonight. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. Pray that the remainder of your week is blessed in Jesus' name.